Welcome to another edition of Cloud Unfiltered. I'm your host, Michael Cheditz, and this is a special edition at KubeCon. And today, I'm really excited to have my guest here today. I have, uh, and I'm, you know, I'm going to totally butcher your name. So, Bassam? Bassam. Bassam. Yeah. Bassam. Yeah. And trust me, I've been telling everybody all week how bad I am with pronouncing names and with even remembering names. And Grant, who... who that, that one's an easy one. That, that one's easy. An that, easy one. That, one's, that one is easy. <laughs> Both from Upbound, uh, and you probably know them from their open source project, which is called Crossplane, which is very near and dear to my heart. I love that. I love Crossplane. I think it's, you know, um, something that is really, really interesting. And it's and we're, we're going to talk about that today. So, again, welcome. Thank you. And um, so let's start off. So, you know, the one thing I like to talk about a lot on this show is the fact that there's usually a good, like, origin story for all the things that... Um, you know, for, for all the things that, that, uh, uh, that are created within the um, cloud native ecosystem. So how did this come about? What is, what is it that, you know? I'll cover the origin story. Yeah. Um, so, so before Crossplane, I started a project called Rook. Oh. And uh, obviously Rook is a graduate at CNCF project, essentially a storage orchestrator yeah. for Kubernetes. Interestingly enough, Rook was the one of the early uh, projects that kind of used Kubernetes outside of just con you know traditional container orchestration, which was its its strongest point. Yeah. And so um, when I started the Rook project, we effectively built a control plane for Ceph. Yeah. And uh, which was a really popular storage project itself. Yeah, absolutely. And so effectively turned Ceph into a more of a service by creating a control plane for it and doing all the lifecycle management of storage and growth and scale and handling all of that um, using a control plane. And that was built on top of the you know, Kubernetes control plane even before CRDs and controller were a thing. So, and it was one of the, I think it and the Prometheus one were the first ones. Obviously the a storage controller is a lot more complicated Yes. Um, and so, learned a lot about the power of control planes uh, through the Rook project and how useful they can be. And also learned a lot about the power of using Kubernetes as a generic control plane. And, um, and so Crossplane was basically motivated by that, with the idea of can we take you know, the Kubernetes control plane and apply it to things well outside of container orchestration. And Rook did that for storage. Crossplane is doing it for everything. That's amazing because you know, you know, you think about this a lot, especially coming from you know where I come from at Cisco. Control planes are all over the place, you know, and and you know you have to decide where you want that control plane to be. And I, I love the thought of standardizing on a control plane. And when you think about Kubernetes, really what it is is a set of APIs and really a control plane. You know, that's that's setting something and orchestrating for applications and services and things like that. So extending that out and being able to, um, you know, being able to use it for more things really is something that I said that that just kind of checked all the boxes for me because you know I think that that's a great use case because if we could just say, hey, why use all these all other applications that that do different things? Let's standardize on a way to do this on a common methodology, and then all you have to do is just figure out how you want to define these things. 
and then just and then you could you could always do it the same way over and over and over again. I think that's amazing. I mean, that's partly the charter uh, crossplane. It's effectively a, a framework yes. for building control planes. Yeah. Right. And to your point exactly, like it, the pattern is now, you know, the part, pattern started by was was started by Kubernetes. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Most of the controllers that are in Kubernetes are about dealing with containers. Yeah. Right. So it's in some way, you can say. Kubernetes can be thought of as two things. There's a generic, there's a generic control plane, and then there's the container stuff. Yeah. And um, but there's a lot more to be done around making it, you know, effectively a more generic control plane, and, and building the things that are needed to create that, you know, uniformity and standardization around how people build control planes, and then that's kind of what Crossplane is trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. So so tell me about like what what is it that um, you know. That, that you're seeing people use use um, crossplane for right now. Like, what is what are the what are the common use cases, or what do they what do you see them doing? And also, on the second part of that is, what do you see them doing that you didn't expect? <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, no, I can I can I can answer that one or, or attempt to here. Yeah. Um, the the fundamental I think use case for crossplane that we see, especially here at KubeCon, like people yeah. come up to the booth talk to us about you know what we're doing at Upbound and everything and, and say, hey, I picked up Crossplane because I wanted it to use the control plane to manage all of my infrastructure, right? So I basically wanted a, a declarative way of representing and managing infrastructure, but in a way that was continuously reconciling and through the Kubernetes API. So a lot of times we see teams of SREs or platform engineers pick up Crossplane, install it into their Kubernetes cluster, and use that cluster as a central infrastructure management control plane. Like that's kind of like the, the fundamental base case uh, for the tool. And then they kind of start digging in Crossplane and see what else it can do and some of the other features and realize, well, wait a second. If I have something, a control plane managing all my infrastructure, I can actually build what looks and feels like an entire internal cloud platform on top of that. And so I can actually enable teams and applications to consume this API that I'm building with Crossplane. Um, so it's a really interesting, really, really interesting project from that standpoint. And it, it's fun to see around here, probably at least half the people I've talked to are using it, have it deployed, and doing some really interesting stuff with it. And anything that the that you didn't expect that you saw out there, or is that, or is that not really see, seen that yet? Uh, no, <laughs> I'm I'm always surprised by how, how people are using Crossplane. Um, you know, you can use Crossplane to orchestrate literally anything. Yeah. And so you know, we we always uh, it's fun to see it has a plugin model called we call them providers. Yep. And um, it's always fun to see what kind of providers people are asking for or building themselves. Uh, and, and things like that. So typically it's AWS, Amazon, Azure, and, and other clouds, but it's always fun to see uh, when someone has like a uh, interesting request there. Grant built a, a, a pizza provider. <laughs> that, I, I'm, I'm all about the pizza su- provider. I was a little surprised by that one. So. <laughs> you know what's funny about that is that, um, you know, uh, what somebody dared, like, uh, dared me one time, we, we have this WebEx Teams, which, which you know, is kind of like Slack, mm-hmm. um, but, uh, you can create kind of your own apps in there. So one of my old bosses, it was a real real uh, beer connoisseur, 
So what I did is I created like a slash beer uh, thing where, where if you do slash beer on the command line, it would give you like all the breweries that are close oh, to you. Cool. <laughs> sure. So that was, so, so I can relate to the pizza, the pizza <laughs> thing there. <laughs> yes, pretty soon there's going to be provider pho, provider tie. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I love that. It's actually the business model. Yeah, yeah, no. That's a, my, my toaster can be connected to it. And I have a June oven, so I think that I probably could connect that to it if I wanted to. <laughs> but, um, you know, so one of the things I think is really, really interesting, well, kind of, um, you know, a lot of people look at crossplane, and before they actually get into it, I think they think it's just something that you could just put in a couple commands and bring up infrastructure in AWS or bring up infrastructure. And to me, those pieces are almost like the base components of what you can do. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a lot of misconception about what what crossplane can really do because I that's and to be totally transparent that's what I thought it was going to be used for until I dug into it and then I realized that it was this whole framework that could be used to create applications and and you know every all the infrastructure around it and you could deploy it to multiple clouds and you could do all these kinds of things and by the way you could you know, just pretty much preset everything and then just fill out a YAML file with the extra information and, and you know, template out everything, which was amazing for me because I was working in the CTO office and we had to do demos all the time. And this is why I, I, I started to use Crossplane because it made it so easy because we were doing Kubernetes and we were using service meshes and all these other kinds of things just to bring that in and, and be able to say, hey, I want to do this demo app and here are the parameters that I need. Here's the database name. Here's the password. Here's the whatever. And every time it would install it, and I could just say dash Google or dash, you know, whatever, and it would install it to its different things. So I think there's a lot of people that don't realize the power of it because they really haven't dug into that. And, and there's obviously a lot more we can do in terms of education uh, I, and training yeah, yeah. and growth around it. And, <laughs> yeah. and, but you're totally right. I mean, in some ways, you can think of Crossplane as trying to make it really easy for people to write control planes. Yes, They're absolutely. such useful concepts. Like yeah. It's such a critical part of building any distributed system. Yeah. And, and Crossplane is effectively trying to make it, like reduce the barrier to writing control, you know, control planes. And today, if you look traditionally in how people do that, it's, you know, you, it's really complicated Go code yes. that you have to write. Yes. And there are you know, libraries you can use, controller runtime, we've got a Crossplane runtime. Um, but it's still it's still something that requires a very deliberate, you know, understanding of reconcile loops and all the issues and idempotency and how to get things right there, right? And so one of one of the things that that we realized in Crossplane was that if you wanted people to, you know, author control planes, you got to make it such that they don't have to write a lot of code, yeah. maybe even not write any code. Absolutely. And so and so um, so we created this feature of Crossplane called composition. And yeah. I think that's what you're that's talking about. That's absolutely what I'm talking about. Composition is essentially a way to create a, a control plane that on one side has a declarative API, and but is the implementation of the control plane is just configuration. It's not code. Yeah. You can basically compose any other a set of resources together, create relationships between them, patches, et cetera, and that becomes a new control plane, yeah, and um, and in some ways, that you know that 
it could, there's a lot of scenarios for this, but, but we see people basically creating, you know, uh, putting their applications with infrastructure or creating more elaborate graphs of infrastructure um, or essentially building full, what looks like full platforms that are described in compositions or compositions of compositions, right? And still normalizing on a declarative API as the interface for the comp for the for the uh, composition and also in between them. And so that turned out to be probably the most one of the most useful pieces of uh, in, you know that we added to Crossplane and, and and now the most popular. We we lead with it. But do you feel, do you still feel like people that you know are scratching the surface or just you know take an ancillary look at it? probably don't realize that. Yes, I think people come for, hey, I want to be able to launch an RDS instance from yeah. you know, Kubernetes, and then they get surprised by how much there is in Crossplane, and then they stay for composition. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that, because I was, I was definitely one of those people that, that was looking to solve that problem, and then realized how much more I could do with it, and got super excited about it. Right. Have, have you discovered the uh, package manager yet, Mike? I, I actually haven't played with it in a little while because I've been in a different role for a while. So I don't know, you know, uh, but yeah, so. There's a lot more coming. I mean, we, yeah. we're the, we've got a lot of things that are essentially trying to make it so that control planes can become mainstream. That's amazing. Because, I mean, the, so yesterday I had Jimmy Zelensky on who was from, uh, they, were, they were Quay. And uh, they created OLM and he, they fully admit that OLM is not for everybody. It's way too complex. It's not, it's meant to be something if you're like a service provider and you want to do something like that. They said it's not for the common person, you know? That's right. So this is really, you know, in a way that's so accessible, so easy to use that, you know, even, so, and, and to your credit, it's even something that really, really programmers don't need, you don't need to be a programmer to do it. That's right. Yeah. And with the providers and other extensibility points, there's a large set of building blocks you can get started with. You know, like the yeah. AWS, Google, Azure, yeah. you know, DigitalOcean, literally you can start. Get, I think start. I saw GitHub or GitLab or. or oh yeah, yeah. They, yeah. there's a crossplane provider for everything now. Yeah. So, um, and we're adding other extension points. So we're adding, you know, functions and there'll be external secret stores and That's all awesome. these things. So basically, you know, if you were going to build a control plane, you probably sh should get started with crossplane. Yeah, <laughs> it, it doesn't make sense to go do anything else at this point. That should be like your tagline. If you're going to build a control plane, <laughs> you get started with crossplane. <laughs> I like that. I said, so, so my opinion, and, and I think I told Grant this, is that you know it's almost like Intel inside. You should have built with crossplane or something <laughs> like that, because I feel like you can create like these partnerships with companies and and you know they could they could almost say hey I'm a network company I'm a whatever and to orchestrate their whole system you could give them control plane you know I'm, I mean uh, you know uh, cross plane to do all this and um, and it would be awesome and you could have like all these partnerships that are just like built built with you know <laughs> with cross plane and so. we're, well, we're seeing the adoption of cross plane by everyone you know typically it's yeah. it's the you know, a lot of Fortune 500 companies and everything like that, but even cloud service providers. Like I talked to a lot of people at this conference that worked at VMware and IBM and Amazon, and it turns out they have teams running crossplane in production in, internally, building, you know, platforms for their teams uh, yeah. with it, which is awesome. It's super exciting to see. 
So that's a good question because do you feel like at this point, and obviously this is going to change, but do you feel like at this point it's people that really are interested and know Kubernetes really well that are more interested in, in crossplane? In crossplane, yes, yeah. uh, definitely. But you know, I think that's kind of where Upbound comes in yeah. in a lot of ways, right? So you know, I think the the vision we have for the company and the products we're building is anyone should be able to build an internal cloud platform with a control plane. Uh, without writing any code or even knowing how to spell Kubernetes eventually. <laughs> um, and so, you know, what we're doing at Upbound is basically building a managed service of Crossplane that's designed to be super easy to use and both for enterprises, but, you know, in production and everything, full lifecycle management of the control planes, but also, you know, novices who don't know how to write Go controllers, right? Yeah. Um, it turns out it's not that hard. I'm, I'm not a coder and I was able to figure <laughs> out a little bit of this, but you know, especially for people that aren't coders or, you know, want a really lightweight or no code experience, these should be able to build an internal platform as well. Which is hugely important. It's one of the topics I've talked to so many people this week is that, you know, Kubernetes has really become mainstream now. And it's great to see this whole ecosystem of all these different products. But you know what's not so great is somebody coming into the ecosystem that's from the outside. Now, you not only have to learn Kubernetes, you not only have to think about you know terms like service mesh that they've never heard, terms like uh, you know Helm and operators, and you know all these other things that could be so daunting that you just don't you know it's like if I was if I wasn't into it you know from the beginning and just like taking it step by step, I would probably look at this and be like, wow, that's all way too much. Like like how am I ever going to get into this? Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. In fact, if you think about it, it's like if you look at the CNCF landscape, yeah, and that you know really interesting uh, map yeah. with with I look at it a lot, <laughs> yes, and and bring a magnifying glass, yes, um, and you know in some ways you can look at all these projects uh, as ingredients, mm -hmm. right? And we kind of need recipes, yeah, right? Um, not just ingredients. We need to, we need recipes that lead to solutions, right? yeah, and. There really have been two approaches to this. Like there, you can go buy something off the shelf that puts these things together in meaningful ways. And every every week now, you hear about, oh, company X is the new Heroku, yeah. <laughs> or company Y is now built the, you know, the replacement. To, it's your application platform now, yeah. right? And literally every week there is some announcement around this, right? Um, or you can go do it on your own. Yeah. And if you do it on your own, you basically are, like you said, you're starting with, all right, maybe I have Kubernetes, I've got a service mesh, I got a, maybe I'll bring in Crossplane to do yeah. the infrastructure, but where's the rest, right? And so you gotta invest in like building pipelines and figuring out how, you know, what's the story for self-service and what, what do you do for consoles? Do you have to write plugins? Like it's a, there's a lot of heavy lifting that you have to do. And so one of the things that we realized early at Upbound was instead of trying to build a platform that is the next Heroku, right? Why do we build a platform that lets people build their own Heroku? Which is a beautiful thing. And that's a, it's a, in some ways it's a meta platform or a platform of platforms. And, yeah. and that's, you know, you've heard that yeah. people talk about that in terms of when they refer to Kubernetes. Um, but it's a, a platform of platforms that offers building blocks like a console, you know, like a set of management services you know, pipelines, cost controls, audit, governance, policy, and brings them all together. And of course, obviously, a control plane, 
Yeah. And so you can essentially assemble, compose your own platform. And the beauty of doing that is it's extensible. So yeah. it grows with you, unlike everything else that you buy off the shelf, right? So if you know, your management says, we need to add this scenario, or we need to integrate this legacy workload, you're actually able to do that. It, it, you don't have to go be tied to somebody else's you know, uh, roadmap yeah. and try to go influence them. You can actually make these changes yourself. Right? You own the platform, and you own the changes to the platform. Our goal is just to make it really easy for you to make these changes. That's, I mean, that's amazing because, you know, so many of the solutions out right now are, are trying to tackle that simplicity problem. But when you try to tackle the simplicity problem, typically you go too far one way. So, so what that means is that you get people that are legacy trying to get them to the cloud native and usually give them nice GUIs and you give them things like that. And it's great for the time that they're learning. But you know what happens after they learn? They start to get more advanced. Yep. And as they start to get more advanced, they want to consume things in a different way. They don't necessarily want to use the GUI. They want to start to use GitOps. They want to start to use things like that. So really, you're kind of in a good space because of the fact that, you know, yes, it makes it easy for people to do that. And with your, with your upbound you know, GUI and things like that, you know, it kind of answers that how do you get people on, on it you know, uh, a little bit easier. But then as they get more advanced, then they can start to do things like you know, create all these files and, and, and things that, that will define some of the services. Or even, you know, maybe you have some, some people in your organization that are really advanced and some that are not, and you kind of can answer those questions, but still keep it, you know, expandable. I mean, the, the beautiful thing with like, for example, the upbound GUI is everything in that user interface is generated by your platform team. Now you don't have to write HTML or CSS or JavaScript or anything like, like that. Upbound actually dynamically generates the interface based on the configuration that you've installed in your control plane. And so when you want to change something, uh, you can do that in the behind the API layer, and Upbound will present and reflect those changes, which is, which is really nice. And when an you know, engineer maybe has a question about something in the interface, it's really easy to very transparently see the problem, you know, soup to nuts, so to speak. The point you made earlier is actually worth worth digging into. The almost the reason people outgrow platforms is be, is because they outgrow the abstractions that the platforms Absolutely. provide. Absolutely. And so, um, you know, we're in an industry that changes really quickly, right? Absolutely. And if someone can say in some year that I've created a set of abstractions that work for a large number of people, I mean, one, they're really good. Yeah. Um, and two. You know, if even if that's the case, a few years later, something else is going to come out, yep. or something else that's going to change, or there are the requirements change, and then you outgrow these yep. abstractions. Yep. And when you do, you basically fall off a cliff. Yeah. You have to replatform. Oh, absolutely. So I was a TME for for uh, you know a hybrid cloud platform. It was really great, and it would model all your applications. This was pre Kubernetes. Mm -hmm. It would model everything in a nice GUI. It would show you, you know, you could you could just kind of create scripts in, in certain areas, inject them as they come in, and you could create like a, your MySQL. You could do all that stuff. It was really really nice for the time. You know what came out after that? Kubernetes, Terraform, uh, all these other things, and people were like, "Well, you want me to use your proprietary modeling, but yet I could just go over here and and use Terraform or, or something else." So. 
just like you're saying, you know, it was a great application for its time, but then all these other things kind of came out there. And, and the one thing I can tell you about DevOps people is they are religious about their tooling. Okay. So, so if you tell them, yeah, no, use what we have, that is not a war you're gonna win. Because they're, once they use something, it's really, really hard to get them not to use that thing. Right. Unless they believe strongly that whatever that new thing is, is open enough and will do what they want in a better way or in a way that they believe is the, is the new way. Yeah. And, and so, like, you know, we, when we look at all the different platforms that are out there, we actually look at two criteria um, to, to kind of rank them, right? Yeah. Do they let you use extensible infrastructure? Mm-hmm. Like, can you change where they run, how they run, on what infrastructure? And can you, do they support extensible abstractions? Yeah. You know, honestly, it turns out on those two dimensions, it's if you wanted thin. both, yeah. the only thing that's available is do it yourself. Yeah. Yep. And upbound. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of people, and that is a true option, though. I mean, there's, you know, I'm a Python guy, I'm a Go guy, you know, so. If I want to do something really quick, I'm just going to do something in Python, you know, because that's the easiest way for me just because I've been doing it for years, you know. So I'll just throw something together quick. But now there's not that need to do that for a lot of the stuff. So when you can offset that need, it's just logical that if you don't have to do something, then you use something else. You know, to me, you know, DevOps and developers, I, I, call, the, I call us lazy in a good way. Is what, what that means is that we're going to consume the API that says that already does something, create the glue code to put something together. Or we're going to cre- use, the, use the tool that lets us do something a lot easier. Because at the end of the day, we want to get this stuff done, and these things help us do it. Yep. <laughs> you <know>? Very much. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we're getting close to the end here. But what I wanted to do, uh, one of the things I really, really want to talk about is we are at KubeCon here. And I've, I ask this question all the time. I'm, I'm a ultra you know, techie, I love tech. What is it that you guys have either seen, on, seen here or you know, you're excited about seeing that, that you were just like, oh, I didn't even know that existed or, or there's something cool or, or just some experience you had here that was like, okay, this is awesome. <laughs> you can go well, Spain is awesome. That's, yeah, yeah, that's for one. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. And we, we, Basam and I come from rainy Seattle. So yeah, yeah. been raining for the past month. This has been welcome change. Yeah. Um, no, it's, it's a really good question. Full disclosure, I've been mostly on booth duty. We, yeah, had, yeah. we had a few COVID fair, cases fair. and visa issues. So I've mostly been on booth duty this week. Uh, but what I've heard a lot of folks talking about that has seemed really interesting uh, are some of the you know, projects around virtualizing Kubernetes. Yeah. And that's just uh, interesting. I don't know if there's like a specific talk that comes to mind, but that's been a little bit of chatter. And then also a lot of, um, seems like the GitOpsCon was a, a big success yeah. um, for, for folks. So that's been interesting to see how people are building platforms uh, and thinking about what GitOps is, what it means, and uh, how to integrate you know, those sorts of practices in the, the platforms they build and run. Yeah, now there's open GitOps too, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Serious. Yeah. GitOps is the one that comes to mind. So, um, and you know, obviously it's a marketing term, um, but but it's there's a lot of those. There's a lot of those. Yes, and and like full stack observability is another one that's totally marketing. But we've been doing configuration (laughs) management for thirty years, so I think. uh, um, But uh, there's definitely a. It's become a. It's become a you know, uh, something that people are considering everywhere or using. Absolutely. Everywhere. And so, um, you know, 
back to crossband and upband, that that's something that we actually work really well with. Um, but there are new, there, there are subtleties in terms of how, where, what you do where. Yeah. Um, and, but it, it, it does seem that there's, there's more, more of that, more of GitOps in this conference than, you know, at least pre-pandemic, well, before the pandemic started, I'd, um, it was less so back then. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So where can people find you guys? Where can people, you know, if they're interested in, in uh, Crossplane or Upbound or if they're interested in following you guys, where can they find you? And by Upbound the way, we'll, yeah. yeah, okay. <laughs> That's easy. And we'll put the information, you know, within the, you know, within the description too so that people can find you guys. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I love having you guys. This has been amazing. So thanks Thank again. you so much. Yeah, thanks for, <laughs> thanks for inviting us. Yeah, thank you, Mike. This has been fun. Yes, absolutely.